Compass Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. A majority narrows. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Nicole Murray. On this Wednesday, February 14, glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. A Democrat has won a special election in the New York City suburbs, flipping the House seat once held by George Santos. Reports from Egypt say Israel and Hamas are making progress in ceasefire talks. House Republicans impeach the Homeland Security Secretary on their second try. And how Valentine's Day has morphed over the years. We've seen Valentine's Day take off where you celebrate friendship. Um, the pet market has taken off where you know people are buying uh, things for their pets uh, who they consider you know a very important relationship in their lives. Um, people are buying for their friends. But Isabella Kwai at the New York Times says there's also a market for those who hate Valentine's Day. House Republicans have succeeded on their second try in making Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas the first sitting cabinet official in history to be impeached. The courage of our House Republicans should be applauded. The best way to get rid of Mayorkas is to fire Joe Biden. It is time for the American people to be heard. Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina on Fox News. It happened on a largely party-line vote yesterday of 214 to 213 after an embarrassing defeat last week. Republicans like Tim Burchett of Tennessee allege Mayorkas has willfully refused to enforce the nation's immigration laws, pointing to the record number of illegal crossings at the southern border in the past few years. It just says to America that we're going to hold somebody accountable, at least on the House side. Mayorkas has called the allegations false and has defended his record. Bipartisan critics of the effort said the charges amounted to policy disagreements or performance failings, but not impeachable crimes. Meanwhile, the year-long GOP effort is expected to hit a wall in the Democratic-controlled Senate, where a two-thirds supermajority would be needed to remove Mayorkas from office. Democrats have flipped a Republican seat in the House. Democrat Tom Suozzi won a special election in New York yesterday, coming out on top in a politically mixed suburban district on Long Island. Suozzi defeated Republican Mozzie Pillip to take the seat that was left vacant when George Santos, also a Republican, was expelled from Congress. What we just saw with the, with the protests tonight, okay? There are divisions in our country where people can't even talk to each other. All they can do is yell and scream at each other. And that's not the answer to the problems we face in our country. The victory marks a return to Washington for Swazi, who represented the district for three terms before deciding to run for governor, a race he lost. It's unclear how long his next stint on Capitol Hill will last as a redistricting process unfolds that could reshape that district. But for now, it provides Democrats a much-needed win in New York City's Long Island suburbs, where the GOP recently showed surprising strength. Overseas now, officials in Egypt say they're making progress toward another ceasefire and hostage release deal. Talks continue today after Israeli forces rescued two captives in Rafah, the packed southern town along the Egyptian border. Palestinian health officials say the raid killed at least 74 Palestinians and caused heavy destruction. The operation offered a glimpse of what a full-blown ground advance by Israel might look like. Israel believes some 100 people kidnapped by Hamas terrorists are still being held in Gaza. Secretary of State Antony Blinken on Americans being held. Working intensely with Egypt, with Qatar, on a proposal 
to bring about their release. Meanwhile, the Senate passed a $95 billion package backed by President Biden that contains a fresh round of aid for Ukraine and funds for Israel and Taiwan, overcoming Republican objections but facing an uncertain future in the GOP-run House. 22 Republicans joined almost all Democrats in supporting the bill. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. Valentine's Day Wednesday. Welcome aboard. Congressional negotiators are facing a series of hurdles in crafting legislation to fund the government as lawmakers navigate partisan divides with added budget constraints. Insight from Aris Foley, Congress reporter at The Hill. Aris, what are we seeing? We're seeing appropriators on both sides, both chambers, getting ready to conference. They're very drastically different uh, appropriation bills and with that, of course, there is a, a lot of difficulty because of the very different policies that are pursued and the funding levels that both sides have started out with. They've already set the allocations for each of the 12 annual funding bills. But some of the sticking points that we saw early on, even amongst Republicans, that includes FBI funding, policies around FBI, um, funding for, for IRS, uh, Abortion even is probably going to be something that's going to come back up in these next few weeks. These are issues that Republicans even had a hard time kind of reconciling when they were trying to move their individual funding bills across the floor last year on the House side. And there are issues that we're starting to see some of them crop back up again as appropriators in both chambers now are carrying out their bipartisan negotiations. With a deadline of uh, what here? We are dealing with two deadlines, March 1st and March 8th. The first four, there's a a batch of four funding bills that are set to expire March 1st. That's seen as a much easier also deadline too because of the funding bills in question. I mean, military construction, Republicans and Democrats on, on that subcommittee, the subcommittee that crafts funding for that particular area, feel pretty confident about meeting the deadline. Um, you have FDA agriculture. Uh, there are bills that that people, appropriators on both sides think that will definitely be an easier deadline uh, to hit. The March 8th deadline is going to be one of, of serious concern because you have Pentagon funding, you okay. have labor HHS, and that's a very hard bill also to to conference out and it's it's one of the toughest bills it was even difficult for uh appropriators when democrats held control of of both chambers it's one that typically is a battleground for areas like abortion that can be pretty thorny for these types of discussions we're speaking with aris foley congress reporter at the hill her piece is called lawmakers face sticking points as looming shutdown deadline nears so you referenced uh, the different lawmakers here and their approaches to this like uh steve womack the congressman republican congressman from arkansas what's he say or what's he want Right. Well, appropriators are still being very hush, I think, about a lot of specifics at this moment, right? Because negotiations are so fragile. They, they've, they've been, <laughs> there's, there's been a lot of months to, to get to this point. And it was a, appropriations and, and funding and overall was a very big issue when McCarthy was speaker. Uh, and in some ways definitely also led to his undoing. 
the the debt limit deal that set the budget caps they're basically working from for the most part for these funding negotiations they're kind of working from the same deal so these negotiations uh, were expected to be tense anyway so even though they're not being the most detailed about specifics because they're trying to protect these negotiations and and that's probably a good sign right that we're not seeing too many um, catty responses from either side. It's a good sign that they're working. We are hearing from Womack and just others that there are some issues, right? Like again, FBI, the FBI dollars for FBI, potentially for new headquarters that, you know, Republicans were not happy about, but we know Democrats have also just been pushing for. um, and, And Republicans have kind of also fought a little bit back and forth on that too, whether that type of funding is necessary or if if they feel comfortable targeting the FBI right now. Mm. Um, We're talking about, we're seeing like, you know, talking about election security, uh, talking about IRS funding. I mean, that's something that we're going to still be keeping our eyes close to the fight in the next few weeks ahead and seeing if Democrats uh, end up giving up any more on on that front, what what type of concessions they might make after already making so many to the the the, the Inflation Reduction Act that they passed. Um, it was their signature economic bill. It included a lot of funding for IRS that was meant, in in their words, to go after these wealthy tax sheets, right? Yeah. People who are abusing the system. And, and they ended up forking over some of that money as part of concessions to Republicans. Um, in these types of funding talks. Thanks, Iris. Iris Foley, Congress reporter at The Hill. 20 minutes after the hour on This Morning, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. House Republicans have successfully impeached Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on their second attempt. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham says the articles of impeachment won't go far in the Senate. We'll probably make a motion to dismiss, and if all the Democrats vote for it, it will never go to trial. But there will be a requirement by the Senate to dispose of the articles. The impeachment case will move to the Senate later this month. Number two. Democrat Tom Suozzi won this special election in New York's 3rd District for a U.S. House seat in New York yesterday. Suozzi defeated Republican Mozzie Pillup and will now take the place of Republican George Santos, who was expelled from Congress. Swazi after the win. Let's send a message to our friends running the Congress these days. Stop running around for Trump and start running the country. The Democrat could be sworn into Congress as early as tomorrow. Number three. One person is dead and at least five others injured after a vehicle crashed into an Austin, Texas emergency room yesterday evening. The driver died at the scene. Austin Police Interim Chief Robin Henderson. One individual was pronounced uh, deceased on the scene of the incident after being extricated from the vehicle by the Austin Fire Department. An additional four patients were transported to area hospitals. Austin, The Austin Police Department said the incident is under investigation, but thus far does not appear to be intentional. Chicago will stop using its shot spotter gunshot detection system later this year. Mayor Brandon Johnson says the system relies on an artificial intelligence algorithm and network of microphones to identify gunshots. However, it has been criticized for inaccuracy, racial bias and law enforcement misuse. Say it ain't so. Chocolate is going to be more expensive this Valentine's Day. The price of cocoa has surged over 40% since January. Various chocolate companies have reported price increases. Hershey prices up 6.5%. Lilac chocolates up 13%. The good news is that 
Experts predict chocolate lovers will get a 20 to 50 percent price break, but not for another few months. Uh, do your own Valentine's Day in like June. Right? <laughs> Just postpone it for a few weeks or whatever. Milk chocolate, baby. <laughs> Thanks, Nicole. If you still have landline phone service, you may have noticed that your monthly bills have been skyrocketing. That's because the FCC no longer regulates copper lines and phone companies are jacking up the price of their service. UMA is an internet home phone service that lets you keep enjoying the safety and peace of mind of a home phone without paying an arm and a leg. In fact, with a one-time purchase of the UMA Tello, you get internet home phone service for free. All you pay are applicable taxes and fees. Unlike mobile phones, UMA has address-based 911, so dispatchers will know exactly where to find you in an emergency. In the event you call 911, UMA can send a text alert to loved ones. UMA even includes a free mobile app so you can take your home number on the go. And don't worry, you can keep your home phone number for a one-time fee or get a new one for free. Setup is easy. It takes less than 10 minutes. Stop paying too much for home phone service. Visit UMA.com slash Gordon Deal today to get a special discount. That's O-O-M-A dot com slash Gordon Deal. The traditions of Valentine's Day bring strong feelings both for and against. Do you appreciate a cute tradition or do you hold it in contempt as a consumerist scam. More from Isabella Kwai, reporter for the New York Times in London. Isabella, is there a movement toward a thumbs down for Valentine's Day? There is a little bit of a movement. Um, You know, it's still fringe. I wouldn't say that it's the mainstream movement. Uh, Most people would agree that, you know, just, you know, if you go out into the stores, Valentine's Day is still primarily marketed at people uh, with the focus of a traditional a romantic relationship. At the same time, um, you know, what I, one reason I wanted to do this story is because uh, I had noticed that that rhetoric had uh, changed amongst, you know, the circles that I run in and certainly um, from some of the advertising that uh, is out there. Okay, so how has the rhetoric changed? What'd you hear? Uh, so uh, over the past few years, uh, you know, a lot of people who have studied these kind of trends have noticed that there has been uh, a more inclusive way to market to consumers around this holiday. So we're getting, um, you know, you still get the chocolates and the candy and here's how you celebrate romantic relationships in your life. But, you know, we've seen Galentine's Day take off where you celebrate friendship. Um, The pet market has taken off where you know, people are buying uh, things for their pets, uh, who they consider, you know, a very important relationship in their lives. Um, people are buying for their friends. So the the meaning of the holiday has expanded to uh, celebrate not just romantic love, but all kinds of love in our lives. And um, marketers are picking up on that and, um, you know, trying to resonate with people who don't feel included by this holiday. Yeah. We're speaking with Isabella Kwai, New York Times reporter based in London. Her story is called Hate Valentine's Day. There's a market for you, too. How about this uh, this anti-Valentine's Day comedy show you found? Right. So that show, uh, I found it interesting because the show was marketed specific, specifically for people who are single or looking for an alternative night out. Um, and it actually says in the description, couples who come you know, do not come expecting a romantic evening. <laughs> you will be roasted. <laughs> and and that struck me as very, you know, uh, that struck me as uh, trying to, to differentiate itself from, from the rest of the events that are going on that are so marketed towards couples. Yeah. 
You referenced to the uh, the self care market. How's how's that market involved? You know, even outside of Valentine's Day, the self care market is. Um, you know, has grown to to include a multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, but interestingly enough, when you see on sites like Etsy, um, my reporting showed to me that people are Googling things like self-gifts. So searches for self-gifts have increased in the months leading up to Valentine's Day, 12% this year compared to last year. Um, and that was just one sign to me that people you know, celebrating the holiday amongst the most important relationships you have uh, is the one with yourself, right? And right. Uh, that's being reflected in, in some of the data around consumer trends. Thanks, Isabella. Isabella Kwai, reporter for The New York Times, based in London. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, they provide real-time product availability online and have sourcing specialists who can help you track down hard-to-find items. And their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Cutting through the clutter to bring you the people and stories that matter to you. You're listening to America's First News this morning with Gordon Deal. Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Wednesday, February 14. Gordon Deal with Nicole Murray. Some of our top stories and headlines. A Democrat flips a Republican House seat in the New York City suburbs. House Republicans impeach the Homeland Security Secretary. Progress reported in Middle East ceasefire talks. Instead of ending remarks with... May God protect our troops like he usually does. President Biden finished remarks yesterday with may God protect our speaker. Not clear what he meant. Stocks fell hard on inflation news. Today is Ash Wednesday. The college football playoff committee will vote next week on the five plus seven model and the cat who crashed a wedding. That story in about 20 minutes. The plans by Democrats to retake the House in 2024 is building on the electoral success of defending abortion access and championing a broader agenda of defending freedoms. In-depth analysis from Cami Mondo, congressional reporter at The Washington Examiner. Cami set the scene. So as we saw in the 2022 midterm elections, Democrats were really able to seize on abortion messaging right after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. And they were able to use that issue, that messaging that Republicans were taking away, what they considered to be, um, you know, a basic right, a basic freedom. And so we saw that in the midterm elections, they were able to stave off what we were expecting to be a Republican red wave. You know, they were able to only lose a minimum few seats in the House. They were able to actually gain a seat in the Senate. And so now what we're seeing in 2024 is Democrats are preparing to use abortion once again as a top issue, but they're going to try and use that same messaging strategy that Republicans are taking over basic rights, basic freedoms, but kind of applying that across the board for a bunch of different issues such as the economy, education, and stuff like that, so that they're going to try and use that strategy um, to try and flip the script a little bit because Republicans try to sell themselves as the party of freedom and Democrats are going to try to use that in 2024. Yeah, it's an interesting approach. All right. So uh, explain that. How how will they tie abortion to say other issues here and, and connect the dots? Right. So I went to the Democratic Issues Conference last week, and so that's where they were kind of trying to decide on what their campaign strategy was going to be. So I was able to talk to some Democrats and basically they're kind of going to try and use health care, the economy and this overarching theme of freedom. And so they're really going to try and tie them to former President Donald Trump, and they're going to try and use 
Trump versus Biden as a way of saying, you know, this is the existential choice that you have. You have Trump, who they're going to try and argue is actually trying to take away freedoms by pushing his own agenda and, you know, pointing to the House GOP right now with their leadership being on rocky terms. You know, they can't really seem to get all of their lawmakers on the same page for anything. And they're going to try and really play on that to say, you know, we want everyone to have their own decisions in health care. You know, we want everyone to be able to make the decisions that they want. You know, they're going to point to Biden's policies on the economy. And so really, they're going to try and point to the fact that they think that Democrats can give you more options on any given issue, whereas they're going to try and play it as Republicans are only trying to give you a few options in any given issue as well. well we're speaking with Cami Mondo, congressional reporter at the Washington Examiner. Her story is called Democrats Plot to Expand Abortion Playbook for 2024 House Takeover. So revisiting like uh, 2022, there are some in the Republican camp who will say abortion was not the issue. It was a candidate issue. Uh, I mean, what, what, what's being said on that front? Do they still feel that way? Right. So we did see Republicans say that there was a candidate issue, and that is because, you know, 2022 is the first real big election after 2020. And a lot of candidates were trying to tie themselves to Donald Trump. They were trying to tie themselves to that the 2020 election was stolen, and that was a big message. And so you did see a lot of Republicans say, you know, oh, that was a candidate issue. That's why we lost. But as of right now, it doesn't seem that, you know, if they really did think that was the issue. They're not necessarily learning from it because so many candidates are still putting themselves behind Donald Trump. You know, you see all the Republican leaders in the House endorsing him, calling on Nikki Haley to drop out. And so if that was their message that is a candidate problem, it doesn't seem that they think it's going to be a problem again. Or maybe, you know, they're trying to bet on abortion because you do see a lot of Republicans changing their tune a little bit on abortion. You know, they were all completely against it. And then now they're kind of trying to say, you know, okay, we can accept it in some circumstances, Mm. different terms. Um, So you're seeing they're kind of still on shaky ground in that way. Wow. All right. So is this going to be, to a certain extent, um, the abortion issue versus, say, immigration slash southern border policy issue? Right. And that could be what we see are the two biggest issues heading into this election. You know, you're going to see Democrats really focusing on abortion because that's what played so well for them in 2022. But again, you are going to see Republicans play on immigration and border security because that's been an issue they've always been really dominant on. That's something that they've really pushed in messaging. And right now with the Biden administration, you're seeing illegal immigration numbers, the highest they've ever been, really. And Democrats are still struggling on getting their footing on what kind of messaging to put there because it doesn't seem things are getting better under the Biden administration. And so that was something that during their issues conference last week, you know, reporters were kind of pressing on to see what is your messaging going to be on the border. And it didn't seem like they've really honed in on what their message is going to be. You know, you see Republicans trying to get rid of Mayorkas in the House. You're going to try and impeach him again this week. And so that could be a winning message for Republicans. And you don't really see Democrats really uniting on one message there. Thanks, Cami. Cami Mondo, congressional reporter at The Washington Examiner. Make this the year you kick a bad habit. Ever tried and failed? Yeah, me too. Here's a new strategy. Try Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. 
Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. I have one. It's really cool. Fume is a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your nasty habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, helpful for de-stressing. Visit tryfume.com slash morning. That's F-U-M, fume. Try the journey pack at tryfume.com slash morning. Fume is giving listeners 10% off when they use my code morning to start the good habit. Tryfume.com slash morning. Plus, Fume's just released a magnetic stand for your fume, so there's no more losing it around the house. It's built with fidgeting in mind. You can spin your fume around on it. Tryfume.com slash morning. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Hey, thanks for being with us. Welcome into Wednesday. Time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, as much as we'd like to believe otherwise, we know there are a few men listening who are just now finding out that it's Valentine's Day. And while that might be cause for some last minute shopping for your very significant other, make sure you do a better job at hiding your procrastination than this guy did. A woman in the UK went viral after posting about her husband's lack of Valentine's effort, making her feel especially unspecial. For starters, there was the card, which on the surface didn't look bad with a drawing of a teddy bear holding a wrap box with a giant heart in the background. Problem is, across the top, the card was addressed to my handsome fiance. Strike one. Strike <laughs> that, one. That was wrong on at least two levels, actually, for the mm-hmm. married couple. <laughs> its excuses might have been even worse, saying that it was the last card left in the convenience store he Strike bought two. it from. <laughs> yes. Which he went to, Gordon, because the supermarket was too busy. And on top of that, he'd forgotten his glasses. Strike three. Yeah. And there's an additional one. He also <laughs> (laughs) tried to blame his fogginess on a recent covid vaccine shot oh that's just pulling out all the stops right there yeah also the 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 dog ate my homework i mean he's he's got it all going wow see i i guess it's guys like him who need a reminder that valentine's day is going to fall on the 14th of february next year i mean that's an easy one that's the same day every year it's not like one of those holidays that moves around yes now where are you currently in your gift giving situation because i know uh your your wife bought a horse yes uh recently and that sort of exonerated you from all gift giving for a period of time are you still in that that honeymoon period there Yeah. so i'm gonna i would consider this like a 10 year window <laughs> 10 years of no gift giving because of the horse oh boy i yeah. didn't realize it was a decade oh that's, i mean that's the number i've placed yeah. on it I mean, there's a lot of guys out there thinking about that now like who maybe i could buy 10 yeah. years of not giving gifts all mm-hmm. i have to do is get a horse yeah that's yeah, pretty okay. much it and I, and I reserve like another five-year extension of that when we get to year nine <laughs> all right that's how expensive it is uh, that's that's not but you may have found the secret right I'm, there i'm thumbs down on valentine's day but yeah, I, yeah. I play along while okay. holding my nose gotcha. let's put it that way gotcha and uh is it concord or or Concord. How you pronounce the name of the capital city of New Hampshire likely depends on where you hail from. Now one state lawmaker wants to amend the law to include an official pronunciation. Eric Gallagher, a Democrat from Concord, also wants to include an official pronunciation for New Hampshire, making it clear that S-H-I-R-E rhymes with fur and not fire. (laughs) Gallagher said his bill would not be a mandate, just as other state symbols are not universally embraced. One potential problem was raised by another state lawmaker who pointed out that among quote old yankee folks 
Concord and New Hampshire are also common city <laughs> and state pronunciations. Very good. good yeah, good yeah. One. So if you can't even get them on the same mm-hmm. page, how are the rest of us supposed to yeah. conform? You know. Yeah, I could. See, uh, boy, New Hampshire, huh? I guess that comes up every once in a while. <laughs> I by mean, the, I, don't know, I don't know who says that. I don't know uh, what, what part of the country you're from. Visitors saying New Hampshire. Yeah. Yeah. Out of towners. Yeah. Out of countryers, perhaps. I, I, I suppose. New Hampshire. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Getting older used to mean losing strength, maybe losing stamina in the office or bedroom. Hey guys, it's Gordon Deal, excited to share that Nugenics Total Tea is helping me and guys everywhere crush the stigmas of age. For me, that afternoon energy drop? No longer. Nugenics Total Tea Testosterone Booster will help you re-energize your life. Try Nugenics Total Tea for free before you buy. Get your complimentary sample when you text 231231 and enter keyword Gordon. Nugenics Total Tea is backed by years of science to safely maximize your free and total testosterone levels. Get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231231 and enter the keyword Gordon. Text now and you'll also get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the most powerful fat incinerator ever. Text 231231 and enter keyword Gordon. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Number one, doctor recommended brand by primary care physicians based on independent survey. This portion of the program is brought to you by Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers professional grade supplies and solutions made for every industry and backed by product experts. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. On this Valentine's Day, the personal finance website WalletHub has released its report on the best places for Valentine's Day in 2024 alongside its spending survey. Key stats number one, inflation takes a bite out of romance. 46% of Americans say inflation is affecting their Valentine's Day plans. Number two, Valentine's Day debt is worth it for some people. Nearly three in ten think a Valentine's Day gift is worth going into credit card debt for. Number three, financial infidelity hurts. Seven in ten think financial infidelity can be worse than cheating. And separately, WalletHub came up with the most romantic yet affordable cities for Valentine's Day. Number one, San Francisco. Wow. Eight minutes in front of the hour on this morning. Once again, here's Nicole Murray. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. President Biden slammed Donald Trump after the former president said he would encourage Russia to invade NATO allies if those countries did not spend enough money on defenses. Biden referred to these comments as un-American. Can you imagine a former president of the United States saying that? The whole world heard it. The worst thing is he means it. Number two. Officials say Israel and Hamas are making progress towards another ceasefire and hostage release deal. However, UN and U.S. officials have warned Israel that any plan to attack Rafah should minimize civilian casualties. White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. Any credible plan that could be executable would have to take into account their physical movement, safe movement, as well as oh, um, uh, proper uh, substance for them, you know, food, water, medicine, access to, to health care. Local health officials say over 28,000 people have been killed. Number three. A hotter than expected inflation report sent stocks tumbling yesterday. The Dow Industrials dropped 525 points, marking its worst session since March of 2023. The Nasdaq shed 1.8% and the S&P 500 fell 1.4%. The Labor Department said consumer prices rose 0.3% from December 
September to January, making the annual inflation rate 3.1 percent. A federal judge has temporarily blocked an Ohio law seeking to regulate kids' access to social media platforms. The justice says the legislation is likely unconstitutional. The new mandate would have required social media platforms to obtain parental consent before creating accounts for children under 16. The Kansas City Police Department could not confirm or deny if they told Taylor Swift's team she should skip the Super Bowl parade because they are not equipped to handle the extra traffic her presence may bring. But time will tell. The parade is scheduled for today at 11 a.m. and Swift may or may not be riding with boyfriend Travis Kelce. She's not going. She's got like a concert in Australia Friday night. Oh, something like that. If anyone can do it, Swift can. But it's already March in Australia, I think, like with the time difference. Who do you do you think there'll be more football fans or Swifty fans? No, no, Swifty fans aren't going because she's not going. She's she's not going. We'll see. She wouldn't want to take away time and attention from the Chiefs. Mm. I believe that's her unselfish approach. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com deals. Hey, glad you're with us. When a stray cat interrupted a husband's wedding vows to his wife, the newlyweds did more than just take the incident in stride. Kara and Matt Hamden adopted the cat, Daisy, to make the feline an official part of their new family. Good Morning America says the pair was midway through their wedding ceremony at a venue in Hudson Valley, New York, in September when an interruption emerged from the shrubbery behind the altar. Kara Hamden said she was intently listening to the vows when she noticed the crowd and wedding party laughing. Then she spotted the cat. After the ceremony, staff texted updates to the groom's mother, keeping her abreast of the cat's activities. Finally, the venue's administrators were able to secure the kitten after luring her in with shrimp, then brought the cat to a nearby shelter where the couple was able to adopt their wedding crasher. That'll do it for this hour. For Nicole Murray and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.